0: Hey, welcome to Hot Takes. I'm your host, James Scott, here to analyze anything and everything interesting. Let's dig into today's topics. Let's go. What's good? How's everybody doing? <laughs> it's a good day. It's a good, good day. I got the Yankees Braves game on. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you, this is going to be a, a fun one because the Yankees are trying to continue their they're winning games straight. They've won 10 in a row now, um, but they got Heaney on the map and Heaney gets hit specifically by righties uh, and the Braves lineup. They got a lot of power righties in there. Uh, Albies is better from the right side. You got Swanson right there. You got Soler. You got Adam Duvall. Um, it's a tough lineup. Austin Riley as well, you know, but, um, so I'm expecting the Braves to put up runs. They've already put up two runs uh, and we're in the third and, and the Yankees have put up one, but I think that that's kind of how it's going to be this game. We're going to see more and more runs for the rest of the game mm-hmm. from both teams because a uh, the Yankees pitcher, Heaney he's not a very good uh, matchup for this Braves lineup. Uh, and then on the other side is the Yankees are really, really want to keep winning. They really want to keep this streak up and they're locked in. Um, so I don't think they're just gonna roll over either if,, um, you know, all of a sudden, uh, it becomes that type of game. I think they're gonna put up some runs as well, even though Charlie Morton is on the mound and he's been much better after his early season struggles. So, uh yeah, that's that's been what's up, Chris. That's that's where I'm at right now. as uh, Clint Frazier, appears on this commercial breaking my heart <laughs> in two just destroying my heart you know like we, we got you know we got to compensate for that by like you know giving the astros some hate you know mm-hmm. so i don't even have anything to say on the astros we, just
1: we just, just can't just get hate, through hate we hate. can't get through an episode or a live stream <laughs> without talking about it and by the way for all of you out there that are listening we recently switched our live stream platform over to twitch so be sure to look for mlb hot takes podcast on twitch that's where we'll be streaming every sunday keep it consistent let's go let's Let's go go. (laughs) so today so in today's episode james has a really interesting episode lined up for us today i mean he he came to me with his player list he was uh you know as everyone works on player lists and stuff like that james has his own and James just wanted to kind of like go through players. He wants to talk about certain players. So we have a player-packed episode today just talking about like how they're good, why they're on the player list, why you should be watching these dudes, no matter what team they are on, except for obviously the Astros. I'm sure he has a few Astros people on here. He has a bunch. He has a bunch. Look at that. Look at that. He hates them, but he can't, can't get them off the list. Uh, but at some point I
0: feel like you gotta be like, all right, I hate these guys. They did some, some really rough stuff, uh, some really, you know, evil, evil stuff you know mm-hmm. genuinely evil stuff like you know
1: you're just going to keep saying evil I think you said yeah, it like, like seven times
0: yeah like lord voldemort <laughs> you know like 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 he who must not be named level stuff you know yeah, like, like
1: evil 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 like, stuff
0: like darth vader before luke brought him back you know yeah. to the light you know like we're talking about like real dark real dark but you know you got to understand that like some of those guys weren't weren't there for who are playing for them now weren't there for those years Uh, And then some of the others who were there for those years, namely the evil three, if you will, um, who are still there. Uh, You have Altuve, you have Correa, and you have Bregman. Uh, With a guy like Bregman or a guy like Correa, those guys, they may have cheated. But if you're looking at all of the talent in the league, if you're looking Mm -hmm. at everybody, majors and minors, it's still really hard to be... Like, even if those guys are, are, are a lot worse versions of themselves, mm-hmm. it's still really hard to be a shortstop or a third baseman who can be a league average hitter, even if that's what they end up being. So both of them made the honorable mentions list. And Altuve, he seems to be able to have brought back a little bit of his previous ability because he I think he probably was a legitimate big leaguer before the cheating. Um Because that was, you know, years back when he first came up. Mm -hmm. He came up for the Astros years ago. um, And his foot speed has come way back. So um, I think that upped his infield hit percentage. So I think that that kind of pushed back some of the decline. Uh, I don't think that Altuve is nearly as good as his full season numbers. I think he did what the other guys did for a large period of time, which is work the count. Uh, become a pull power hitter for a bit. But after that, Altuve turned into a guy who contact hitter 15-ish percent above league average. And I think that's probably what you'll see moving forward. So as a second a second baseman who, who should be fairly healthy and you know, will bat for high batting average, uh, if you're 15 percent above league average, you're a notable player for the position. Whereas uh, Correa, he fell off a lot more extreme – Uh, Same thing with Bregman. So um, for me to move them back onto the list, I'd need to see skill changes. Like Altuve, he was able to kind of deal with the fall off from being, you know, a mistake hitter, from dealing with, you know, like, because that's what I was saying. Like, we we talked about this in previous episodes. We have. Yeah, the Astros went from uh, cheating uh, to not being able to hit righties to being able to hit only writing mistakes, to striking out all the time on a month-to-month basis. That's kind of how the decline went. And uh, like I said, with Altuve, his speed was able to deter some of that. Um, Bregman has never had that kind of speed. Uh, Correa has never had that kind of profile based on that. Um, years ago, he was a fast player, but you know he's had a lot of injuries since then. Um, if Correa and Bregman make changes to their profile to bring back certain levels of hitting, um, become different types of hitters so that they can still capitalize on hitting everyone to the degrees that they need to. Sure. I'll move them back onto the list. I'll still hate them, but this is an objective list. Uh, As of right now, they have some proving to do, whereas Altuve, he's on the list and I still hate him. So, uh, that's kind of part of the list is that you know it's not it's not based on how i feel about a player it's based about who the player is and that's it it's not based on what the perception of the player is or whatever it's based on who the player is so um yeah now that we've gotten our astros hate out of the way uh let's launch in uh chris uh (laughs) pick a guy literally give me anyone on here all right we'll work our way around you know
1: All right. So I actually, I've been thinking hard about this and I was like, I think I'm going to start at shortstop. That works. So I want to, I want you to talk about Watson. All
0: right. So um, his name's Khalil Watson. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's a left-handed shortstop. He was taken in this year's draft, actually. That's how high I am on him. First round, um, he is a guy who I think could move very quickly through the minors. He has the swing mechanics that you would need in order to hit for power. He has it from the left side, which makes that even more special and rare. He has speed. He's got good defense for the position. You don't see too many lefty shortstops like historically, although it's starting to become more and more common funny enough Mm -hmm. but um yeah i see him as 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 a quick ticket to the big leagues and uh if he doesn't get hurt he should develop into uh a star frankly um some guys when they come out of the draft are a lot more sure things than other people i'm more sure on watson's bat than I was on CJ Abrams bat when Abrams first came along. So and Abrams is a great hitter right now. Um, he just was a little long limbed and uh, arm barred a little bit too much for me. Uh, whereas Watson, he's really quick and risky, um, which again, you know, both of them are lefty hitters. Uh, Abrams has massively more speed and I don't know, if Abrams is a shortstop, I think Abrams is probably either a second baseman or a center fielder, although he got a lot better at second base. So the high likelihood he'll end up staying at second base. Um, but Watson might be able to stick at, at, at shortstop legitimately. Um, we'll see, you know, um, it's very early after the draft. I like to give these guys a little bit of time to play in the minors before I start to figure out where they should play. Although I, I certainly look at their defensive ability. But Watson's swing is what completely won me over. Before even I, I, I was like, oh, and he's a lefty, just the swing mechanics and how the ball came off his bat. When that happens with those types of guys, they typically move very quickly through the minors. So um, there'll be guys as we move through this list, whether it be in this episode or future episodes uh, that we talk about that I added to the list as soon as they came out of the draft, like Spencer Torkelson, for instance, he was an immediate addition or, you know, um, I believe his name's Henry Davis uh, of the, um, of the uh, pirates. He was drafted, uh, I think, first overall. uh, And he's a catcher who should zoom through the minors, Rutschman, uh, Adley Rutschman. um, He was another guy. As soon as the draft, as soon as he was drafted, I immediately added him, but you know, first round draft picks. If you're taking the first guy, that guy's probably going to be someone you should add to the top player list immediately because they're number one. But, uh, there are, uh, definitely people who were taken other than one who I liked enough to add to this list. And Watson happens to be one of those guys because Watson was not taken one. He was not even taken within the top five picks. So, um, yeah, huge fan of Khalil Watson. Big, big fan of him.
1: Give me another one, Chris. I now want to go with hmm, first base. All right. Let's see. I feel like we, say I was going to choose Rizzo. I had him lined up, but I, I I, feel like we talk about Rizzo all the time. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like we talk about Guriel all the time, so no. And we talk about Bellinger all the time also. Yes. And Castellanos. Yes. Dude, this is first base is a horrible. Well, one to I mean, choose. here's the
0: interesting thing. Like, and I want to bring this up very, very quickly. The way that I make this list is I optimize defense. So Bellinger, when he was in the minors, he was a mm-hmm. Gold Glove level first baseman. And given that he's not a very good hitter right now, I think he put him back at first base, let him be that Gold Glove first baseman, and let him focus on that bat. Um, and then the hitting will come back. So that's why I have him at first base. Not that mm-hmm. it'll actually happen in real life. Mm. but it's optimized by position. Like Castellanos, he's not a very good corner outfielder, but he also really has been adamant that he does not want to DH. So what do you do? You put him at first base. As as a former third baseman, the scoops and all of that, it shouldn't necessarily be an issue over there. And I think he'll actually love playing it because he gets more action. And I think he actually could be a plus defensive first baseman. I think he's got the body for the position. So that's why Castellanos is there. Uh, there'll be a couple of other guys that you'll notice throughout uh, this list that aren't playing the current positions that they are playing, but it's because it's an optimized list. Trying to get everybody's true ability, you know what I mean? Yeah, I
1: know. I know. You're lining everyone up to essentially like what they would be good at. So yes, with that be being best. said, yeah, what they'd be best at. So with that being said, let's go with Votto. Votto? Vodo. Votto. Votto.
0: Oh, man. I'll tell you, you missed a really good era. Chris, you you checked out of baseball for, like,
1: how many years? A long time. It was, I mean, 15 years. Yeah, you missed. 10 years, 15 years. You missed
0: the Joey Votto era. Joey Votto has been one of the best hitters in the major leagues for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. Last few years, he's been in a very Matt Carpenter-esque season-to-season decline, although – Frankly, anytime you compare a decline to Matt Carpenter, everyone on earth should get frightened. Um, But it was like a three-season decline, and it could have been perceived as like a two-season decline because the first year was still a good year, and then it was a little worse and a little worse. And if there was an injury in one of those secondary years, or if because it was a shortened season with the 2020 season, he wasn't able to be his usual second-half self. Uh Uh-huh. I think it kind of hid Joey Votto. I think he's the same guy. And I think what ended up happening is that everybody was sleeping on Votto. Nobody should be sleeping on a player that good. And ever since the all-star break, he's been back to his old self. He's been one of the best hitters in the major leagues. Um, And he absolutely deserves his spot on here. Not just as a hitter, but mind you, uh, not just as a left-handed hitter, mind you, but he's still a stud defender for the position. There's not a lot of guys at first base who can do trick plays and, start the double play really efficiently and like plus he's a team leader on top of that which is I think a really important thing there's not a there's not a lot of people who are respected on the level that Joey Votto is respected uh, and really beloved throughout the league I mean he he's doing stuff this season after like hitting home runs or scoring from like Ted Lasso episodes I'm not even kidding I'm not even kidding like he, he he loves Ted Lasso and one of his friends or something showed him Ted Lasso so he scored and, and like, you know, he went to the dugout and he was like, me, me, mm-hmm. me. <laughs> it, was just, it was really obnoxious and really funny. But, like, if you hadn't seen Ted Lasso, you know, you'd be like, oh, my God, is he a narcissist or something? But if you know Joey Votto, you know he's just a goofball. This is just a persona. He's just doing things to get people, like, engaged and having fun. Like, Joey Votto, whenever there's a fight on the field that the Reds are engaged in, he always stays on the outside and is just laughing at people. Like, I love this guy. Really? I unreasonably love Joey. <laughs> like it, it, he's like almost like a legend at this point in time, because before this one game, which he was ejected in, right. He was kind of just hitting at his you know previous couple of years levels. But after that game, he was like 98% above league average. So, what happened in that game well there was a little girl who saw him get ejected in the first inning mind you very Mm -hmm. first inning and she was really sad about it because he was her favorite player and you know she had traveled very far in order to see him and um and he got ejected and it was like oh man so uh I think she she came to the game the next day or something like that and like they took photos together or whatever right and ever since that game, he's just been a different guy. So he, he's a legend. The guy's a legend. Like, there, there's, there, he's one of my favorites. It's just there, there, there cannot be enough said about Joey Votto. And also, another thing that I think is really worth mentioning is that the Yankees almost had Votto. They almost had him. The Yankees almost drafted Votto. Um. They almost drafted him. What ended up happening was I think it was, was it the Mark Teixeira signing? No, that was the one that stopped the Yankees from getting Mike Trout. It was a different one. I I forget what 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 the actual move was, but the Yankees had in their in their books that they were going to take in that slot, Joey Votto, hmm. and um, I think that in, in compensation for someone. Uh, Votto was able to be selected by the Reds and then uh, there you go so I mean one perspective that you could have is that in a different version of this world Judge Trout Joey Votto all of them on the same team but also maybe in that universe you know instead of Stanton being a Yankee Harper ends up a Yankee you know that that's the dream universe for a Yankee fan you know that's what could have happened if the Yankees had been able to draft those guys if they hadn't gotten Stanton so I don't know uh, you know when I die, you know whatever happens that's where I want to go there you go
1: (laughs) stop Stop. (laughs) yeah
0: so all right all right Uh, let's uh another one
1: okay let's talk about DH. Let's go with Brantley.
0: Brantley is right now the Astros left fielder. He's never oh, particularly Astros. Yeah, He's never particularly been a great fielder, although he's made highlight plays because while he's not fast, he's athletic. While he's not able to throw particularly far, he has sound throwing mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, what's really interesting is that he almost succeeds because he's a big guy. He makes contact so easily. He's a fundamentally sound swing. And he can just repeat it. Like, there, there's not a lot else that makes him a really amazing ball player other than his bat.
1: hmm
0: So, uh, but he's a good athlete. He's not ridiculously strong as far as, you know, defense would go. Um, I think that if you put him in some sort of situation where some days he could play the outfield, but most days he would be at DH, what you would be dealing with is a guy who could properly focus on his bat and I'll tell you, he's a very special hitter when he's hitting. The kind of guy who, despite being a lefty, can hit above 300, which is uncommon in an era with the shift. Also, a guy who would have power when he's at his best. Uh, 25 home run type power when he's at his best. So you put him in a lineup that benefits him. You put him in a ballpark that benefits him. You reduce his role into something like that and who knows how good he could hit. You know, he might put himself in the MVP race for a year like uh LeMahieu did for instance, when his conditions became optimized. And um, I think the perfect spot for him to mainly be playing in order to do that is DH. Doesn't mean to never play him in the outfield. I think certainly he's going to be one of those guys that you have to play out there in order for him to be comfortable, happy, Mm -hmm. and probably to keep some of his coordination. But DH is the spot. And that's Michael Brantley.
1: Give me another. Let's go with... I want to go with center.
0: All right, so I have all of the outfielders kind of smushed together into a 46-man list. So uh, center fielders on there are... There's, there's a few. Let's see. Uh, optimized. I'm gonna go through Stevenson. Springer's probably Stevenson. Well, Stevenson's a catcher. Oh catcher. I'm catcher I'm
1: like I so I can't see the center field. That's well, why. Look, they're, you gotta, they're within, you scroll
0: up, they're within you the they're within the OF list. Oh,
1: okay, okay, okay.
0: So you got like trout's here, Buxton's here, Loreno's here, Kane's here, uh, Enrique Hernandez is here, Luis Robert is here. Cedric Mullins is here. Uh, Jason Dominguez from the Miners is here. Mm-hmm. Hicks is here. Florial from the Miners is here. Uh, Jesus Sanchez from the Miners is here. Joe Adele just came up. He is here. Julio Rodriguez, Aaron Judge. You know, these are all different outfielders as, you know, as we move across. Um but yeah, uh, so there are center fielders within there, but it's all it's all pushed together. Uh, okay, so
1: I'll, I'll, just, I'll just choose a play. random. I'll choose yeah, a random. Just, just pick uh, an outfielder. Pick an outfielder. I'll just, yeah, I'll just choose, choose an outfielder. So let's let's yeah. let you know I'll do like two outfielders. How about that? So let's. I like that. Yeah. Let's do Davis, J.D. Davis, and yes. uh, let's do uh, buh, 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 buh. We talk about Trout all the time. Let's let's talk about Buxton.
0: All right, so. Buxton's a true talent center fielder, uh, phenomenal hitter. His bat finally came around this year. I was waiting for it. At one point in time, he was a a three-year-in-a-row number one prospect in baseball, which, like, never happens. He's got 80-grade wheels. He's got 80-grade defense. He's got a plus-plus throwing arm. He's got plus power. He's got a good hit tool, although it's not an elite hit tool. Certainly his aggression – allows the hit tool to seem worse than it is. So the hit tools actually it's good. It's just not as good as a lot of his other skills. Um, he's got the body to put on more muscle, but right now he's a track star. If you want to be entertained, watch Byron Buxton highlights all day. Um, with regards to JD Davis, JD Davis is a guy who's played mainly third base in the minors. He's got, a, he's got a good arm. He's got a good mm-hmm. arm. Um, he's not got good defense uh, at third base and he can play second base too, but he also does not really have good defense over there. Um, And he can play, you know, left field too, but that's typically a position where you want range over arm. Can't play center field. That's for sure. But if you have two, you know, rangy outfielders, your typical good center fielder and a proper left fielder with range I think you can hide J.D. Davis by having him play back in right field and just use his arm on balls in front of him, on balls off the wall. Um, having two people with that kind of range can kind of allow you to do that. A lot of teams, they get a guy who's just mainly a throwing arm, and they put good good fielders in left and center, and that's what they do. Um, so I think that's probably how to best get J.D. Davis's bat in the lineup. I don't think he's a good enough hitter to be a first baseman and show up or a good enough hitter to really be a DH and, like, be different, if that makes sense. Like, you could use him as a super utility, but we haven't defined super utility as a position on the list because we're trying to optimize talent. You know, a super utility is a guy who can play all over, but which of those positions is their best position? That's where they're going to be ranked. So um, certainly Davis having the ability to play different positions is valuable and notable, but if you want him to fit a roster in like, you know, a one through nine capacity, the best place to hide his inefficiencies is a place like right field. So that's why I have him on here. Plus throwing arm, mostly a mistake hitter, although this year he's learning to accept striking out at an elevated rate. So that he doesn't have to continue to be a mistake hitter. And it's an interesting development that bears monitoring. Because if he if he remained a mistake hitter, I wouldn't be that attracted to the pro the profile at all. But with these adjustments happening, I think that there's a possibility that if you balance him out with the right other players in your lineup, that he can be a really a needed player. For uh, a team that needs power and, and that needs uh, uh, balance and that needs, uh, you know, more 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 middle of the order hitters. Although I wouldn't say he's true true middle of the order. I'd say he's back in middle of the order, five hole, six hole, seven hole. Um, but you need that. You need you need you know some sort of guy at the end of the middle of the order. Uh, and I think he's making the necessary adjustments willing to strike out more to get to more power uh, stay a unique and valuable player. And that's what he will need to be in order to stay in the big leagues, productive, unique, and valuable. Otherwise he'll just drift off to a team. That's just like, Oh, well you do enough offensively and you're adequate defensively. So, you know, that's how we're going to use you. The only other way I think he could have, you know, uh, value, like I mentioned this like a little bit earlier is through versatility is if you have like a playoff team and he's okay with this, right. That already has a right fielder already has every position filled and he's okay being used at all of these different positions off the bench and kind of being a super utility, terrible defensive version of Zobris with, with, you know, more power and less contact. And you get what I'm saying? Less finer skills. Um I think that that kind of super utility role could suit him with the right team, but I'm not sure he'd be the most happy in that situation. I think a guy like J.D. Davis, he really feels good when he's playing every day and he can just focus on hitting. I think that's that's when he's he's used best. Um, So, yeah, that's J.D. Davis and that's Byron Buxton. Buxton has his whole prime coming up ahead of him. J.D. Davis is a smack in the middle of his prime, will probably be effective for the next two, three years, uh, max, maximum, uh, and then will become officially like a bench player. Whereas Buxton could legitimately play every day for the next 12, 14, whatever years. He's that type of player. Uh, It's just that Buxton has had injuries in the past that have been... Frequent enough to draw concern.
1: Mm-hmm. But whenever
0: you're dealing with an athlete like that, I mean, he's always diving into walls and sliding and, and doing, you know, plays that are high risk plays of getting injured, anyways. So part of me is like, I don't like the injury issues, but part mm-hmm. of me is like, they seem inevitable with that level of skill. Like nobody is that skilled and stays healthy. And the only guys who like, this is why, like, you know, when I look at Otani, I'm just really happy that this is happening, that he has a season of being healthy because at some point in the future, I think like Buck Showalter said, he's going to have to choose to either be a pitcher or to be a hitter. And I'd, I'd love, I'd love for him to do both. I'd love for it to work out, but for health reasons, it's really hard for an athlete to do the things that Buxton Otani are capable of doing. It's, it's actually been a miracle that trout's been able to do it for as long as he's been doing it before breaking down. And even he got hurt this year and has been kind of hurt on and off uh, through parts of the season over the last few years. Um, not to say that trout is injury prone. He's not Trout's still a God. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, <laughs> Yeah, he is, yo. know, like, uh, no lie. Like, he is as good as they get. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, you don't you don't see talent that's at that high of a level that typically at least stays healthy. Um, so, you know, I, I want to give Buxton some pause. Because, like, you don't – I mean, it's, it's also the other side of it is this. It's not like he's a corner outfielder. He's a center fielder. It's not like he's just a good center fielder. He's like the best center fielder, or if not the best, you know, in the conversation. Mm
1: -hmm. And then
0: on the bases, it's not that he's a a good base runner or he's a great base runner, but he's in the conversation for the best base runner every year. And now he's hitting for power and he's being aggressive. And he's like, for the whole time he played, he was over 100% above league average WRC plus wise this year again it wasn't very much time and he keeps getting hurt over and over and over but you don't find talent like this and in recent years I mean he averages around 100 games most year 110 games most years as I recall so should he even get 110 games next year with with now this elevated level of performance I just what is he going to do what can he do what if you put him in a lineup with protection? What if you put him in a better ballpark? Like Buxton is a, he's a very special player and I just am really excited to figure out to see how they figure out how to get the most out of his talent while keeping him healthy because they'll figure it, A guy like him, they'll figure it out for a few years and he's got many years of keeping this ability before it falls off given his age and the level of the ability and the injuries haven't particularly been the kind that take ability away so it's just he's just he's a guy to monitor he's a guy to monitor he's a very electric talent
1: and i think we have time for one more player yeah um, i like this i like this yeah can, i like this we can too. jump
0: around we can do this a, a few episodes like we yeah do this we can do this more
1: yeah. So let's do as our final one. Where are your hitters? Let's, let's, let's finish with a hitter.
0: So uh, everybody that is above this mark right here is a hitter.
1: So, so you got
0: designated hitters right here. Yeah. In this column, there's the outfielder column, uh-huh. these two rows. Then you have the third base column, which is that row.
1: 1st Let's base. talk about Mount Castle.
0: So he's a really interesting one. He was rushed through the minor leagues, although certainly when you watched him in the minor leagues play, he has a very aggressive approach, which Mm -hmm. you know I love. And he's always had some of the most sound swing mechanics that I've seen, like one of the best swings out there. And um, that that didn't stop in the big leagues. And – I remember looking at him and being like everything checks out looking like vision wise right and him being successful while being so aggressive it was like if he comes to the big leagues and is being that aggressive and doesn't experience success i think excuse me there's going to be i think there's going to be the ability to become a little bit more patient and then the success comes back and then he builds on that and i think that when you have that kind of swing mechanics and you have that kind of bat speed And you're basically a DH for all intents and purposes. Um, Like they don't need him to focus on anything else, but the hitting really. Um, The bat will come around. And what we've started to see is that as the year has gone on, he's become a better and better and better hitter. Um, And, you know, we talked about this on the live stream about how the importance of swing mechanics is and all of that type of stuff. Right. Um, I'm sorry. I'm getting a little distracted here. There might be a fight going on in this.
1: Uh Oh, Uh oh,
0: yeah. Who's uh, fighting? Uh, John Peterson's yelling at Andrew Heaney. Oh. And there comes Ron Washington. Yeah. Let's go. Let's, let's go! go. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, but, yeah, Mountcastle, if you put him in a lineup with protection, being the kind of aggressive hitter that he is, you give him a few years to develop, uh, you know, you, he fit great with the Red Sox, I'll tell you that. You put him in a ballpark that favors his type of hitter because he's going to be a pull hitter, pull power hitter, which is your typical type of hitter mm-hmm. uh, when you're fully developed. Um, so, I don't know. I think that uh, Mountcastle could be a guy who could hit for batting average, guy who could hit for power. He reminds me a lot of the Nick Castellanos profile, especially because he used to be a bad third baseman, just like Castellanos. uh, And he got moved to left field and became a bad left fielder like Castellanos. And if you reduce his role, his hitting should get better like Castellanos. Or if you give him lineup protection and put him in the right situations and let him develop, he should hit like Castellanos. The only difference is, is Castellanos has that typical... Uh, Chris Bryant, J.D. Martinez, um, uh, who else swings like that? Nolan Aranato, uh, he's got that front foot swing, uh, that, that, that type of swing where you're way out front. And it's not necessarily a, a bad swing if you can always get on plane with the ball, but when you're, you're getting older and you, your bat speed slows, you can start getting attacked high. With 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 high fastballs, mm-hmm. um, and it becomes a bit of an issue. But because of how handsy Ryan Mountcastle's swing is, I don't think he's got. I don't think he's he's going to be that type of guy. If you look at if you look at his swing mechanics, they're completely different than Castellanos. It's just a very similar profile in that, like both of those guys are aggressive hitters who had to bounce around because they don't really they didn't really have a position who you know, moved fairly quickly. And I think that some of the development, just like for Cassianos, is going to have to happen at the big league level for Mountcastle. And I think we're already starting to see it. Um, but yeah, Castle as a Baltimore Oriole, it's not like you're going to see very much lineup protection for him for a while. And uh, he does have some development to do. So uh, we're probably going to see him stick with that team and slowly turn into a middle of the order hitter. Um, and if their team is not in contention by that point in time and he's getting closer to free agency, which is, I think what's going to happen, they'll trade him. And if you're a team that has lineup protection and a hitter's ballpark at that point, when he's fully developed, go after him because the situation change going from Baltimore without the lineup protection to, you know, your contention team. In theory, if you're in contention, you got to line up protection. Um, he'll hit for batting average at high levels he'll hit for power at high levels, it'll be something like Castellanos has been doing where your batting average is above 310 and your your home run rate is above, you know, 33. Um, and that's, a, that's, as, that's as middle of the order as you get. That's a true three-hole hitter. Um, but I think, you know, you have to wait until he's developed for a team that hasn't given him lineup protection. Uh, maybe deal for him in like 2025, something like that. The Orioles fans don't want to hear that Orioles fans want to hear, put them in there with Adley Rutschman and you're going to bring them to the world series. I'm sorry. You guys need a lot more. One of the four worst teams in the major leagues. You guys need a lot, a lot more before you can start talking about which people who are on your big league team right now. You want to keep when you're contending,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like figure out how to get to contention first you know, like guys who are going to be on your team at the beginning of this window while you're one of the four worst teams at the, the major league level, you're not going to improve that quickly. It just, it, it, nah, you know? Mm-hmm. So,
1: and I mean, that's it for this episode.
0: That's all folks.
1: That's all folks. G-g-g-g- goodbye. Nah, no, I'm joking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, we um, almost got a fight. Oh, we almost got a fight. fight.
1: We almost got a fight.
0: Legitimately almost got a fight here. Like, Jock Peterson was legitimately angry that a ball was thrown that close to him.
1: That's crazy. He's like, oh, it hit
0: me in the hand. Look, it hit me in the hand. (laughs) Dude, we just saw the replays. We just saw the slow-mo. It didn't hit you in the hand. You swung through it. Stop being a crybaby. Go sit on the bench.
1: Well, some people like to cry. I mean,
0: look, look, Peterson, like, he comes from L.A., you know, and again, like, I don't have nothing, well, I do have a little bit against the Dodgers,
1: but I don't have nothing (laughs)
0: against players on the Dodgers, typically, but, like, Peterson has always struck me as a prima donna. Mm -hmm. Like, always, like. Like, I want to be wrong about the guy, I really do because I like my lefty platoon hitters. I really do i li- I like guys who can who can play all three outfield positions at least adequately, even though you know I can't say he's great at any of them um but I like that, and I like a guy I can platoon, especially you know with a with the, with the strong side of platoons. If you look at Jock Peterson historically, he's been one of the best platoon players in baseball, so I don't want to dislike the guy, but it's just like calm down man you know mm-hmm. anyway that's all
1: i got that's all we got that's I all to we love got to see a fight you know yeah. <laughs> that's so me like i would have loved to see them go at it yeah no that's it for this one <laughs> make sure you hit that subscribe button make sure you still stay subscribed to our youtube check out any of the content that we put out and be sure to check us out every sunday on twitch tv talking about the game
0: let's go let's
1: (laughs) go we'll see you guys this sunday